today is all about uh, work from home, Wi-Fi troubleshooting. And just to, to talk about the problem that uh, we're all very familiar with at this point, but of course in the spring with the, the coronavirus pandemic, a lot of people got sent home to work on very short notice. And uh, a lot of enterprises were, were caught by surprise. Uh, you know, for, for many um, enterprises, if uh, even if they do have work from home users, uh, if they have network issues, the answer was, well, the network in the office works great. <laughs> so, uh, you know, things changed very quickly. And uh, again, a lot of us were, were caught by surprise. And now we've got, you know, business critical users at home um, using enterprise applications on residential, you know, slash consumer grade networks. And we've got to figure out how to make all this work, right? We need business continuity. This is going to be the status quo for some time. And, um, uh, you know, the, the problem to overcome is that we don't have uh, the same tooling like we would in the enterprise. So we don't have visibility, we don't have control, we don't have QoS, um, you know, a work from home network, it's a real, you know, sort of a black box. Um, so, you know, what do those home Wi-Fi networks look like? Well, most people know that if you're not a network engineer, um, you're gonna have pretty low cost consumer grade APs that lack the features and, and are, are use low end components compared to what we do in the enterprise. Uh, the internet circuit's gonna be best effort, right? There's, there's no SLA on uh, packet loss and jitter from your residential uh, internet um, uh, provider. Just uh, probably no network design, right? Again, if you're not a network engineer, you know, think about your, your aunt, your uncle, that you know works in a totally different field. They go buy something at the store, they plug it in, they can load a web a web page, they're done. Um, you know, that's good enough. And and to be fair, you know, that works. Uh, but when it comes to you know the meeting the requirements requirements of our applications on the enterprise, Skype for business being an example, you know, there's no guarantee uh, that's gonna work. And that that kind of comes into that last bullet there. There's no QoS on those circuits and probably on the internal LAN as well, QoS is a little bit, uh, well, it's probably unconfigured and, and may not be working so well. On top of that, you know, I'm gonna pick on some vendors here. There's a lot of snake oil in consumer Wi-Fi, to be blunt. And uh, th there's a lot of stuff being sold that's uh, causing more problems than, than it fixes. Um, this is a spec sheet from Asus, from one of their high-end gaming routers. And, you know, they're not the only guilty party here, but, um, you know, this just gives us an example of, again, what we're dealing with for our enterprise applications, what kind of hardware um, they're, they're um, uh, uh, passing through, and and some of the features that are marketed as benefits, but actually might cause problems. So let's go through a couple of these. Um, so first, um, this is a router that has three radios in it. I don't know many um, homes that need three radios, at least co-located in a single access point. 
So this is going to be using a lot of a lot of uh, spectrum. You know, you can bet that the five gig radios are 80 megahertz out of the box. Um, uh, we'll kind of breeze past the 10 gigabit part because, uh, as we know, many businesses don't you know don't even require 10 gigabit uh, connections to the entire business. Uh, yet we need that kind of throughput at home. I don't think so. It's kind of neat actually that this AP supports the DFS. Uh, channels. At the same time, you know, for us Wi-Fi engineers that are on on the the call here, on the webinar, we can deal with DFS. We know what the rules are and and know what to expect. Would your aunt or uncle understand what was happening if their AP was trying to use a DFS channel that was blocked by uh, a, a, an incumbent, a weather radar, something else like that? It was changing channels all the time. What's the chances that consumer grade AP will handle DFS hits intelligently. Uh, WTFAST, some kind of weird gaming VPN. Again, just adding unnecessary complexity here. Adaptive QoS. You know, this is that layer seven QoS stuff where we're trying to identify applications uh, uh, based on the packets that we see come, come across the device and then apply QoS. That's really hard to do. You know, we try to do that in the enterprise and it's very, very difficult to get right. So another another um, thing that, that might cause uh, trouble. Uh, mesh, you know, with three radios and, and super wide channels. Spectrum hog, our neighbors are not gonna be happy about that. And then um, probably the, the scariest thing here in my mind is uh, this AI protection feature, which does, the uh, attempts to do the same layer seven application um, uh, uh, signature-based um, uh, discovery, but then it, it takes it to the next step and allows you to block by applications. And all that sounds great, but it's so hard to get that right. And we do that in the enterprise too with very, very expensive uh, content filtering devices they're buggy, they block things regularly that we don't want to block uh, because they were misidentified. You've got a team of high-skilled network engineers and security engineers and vendor support uh, to make sure that that is working okay. At home, again, we've got you know super low-cost uh, hardware and, and software and uh, you know an end user that is unsophisticated that has to deal with that. So uh, you know, a lot of issues that could trip up our uh, our traffic, um, and um, you know, not to mention, we talked about what Wi-Fi design at home can look like. You know, here is a a Pinterest board where they're showing off all the all the ways you can hide away. You know, the ugly Wi-Fi router. You know, a lot of these devices um, are not aesthetically pleasing. Um, depending on your taste, I suppose. But so people are looking for ways to get it out of um, out of their line of sight. They, you know, stuff it in a in a desk drawer behind the TV, in a cabinet, you know, anywhere but where it should be for the best Wi-Fi performance, which is centrally located and and out in, in the open. So a little bit of you know one one thing that's uh, 
better uh, these days is some of the newer mesh APs are really, they've paid careful, you know, uh, design um, attention to the aesthetics of them to try and encourage people to put them out in the open. So, so I think that's a, um, that's a good thing. So what do we do? You know, without, without any tooling, it's a bit like calling um, your cable company uh, and going through their support script, um, which is incredibly frustrating for end users and the engineers, right? You, you, do, you say things like, well, can you move the router closer? And they might move it, but is it close enough? What's the actual signal strength? What's our data rate? We don't know. You know, unplug it and plug it back in. They all love to hear that. Um, you know, asking uh, a, a, a end user how fast their internet connection is, maybe they know, but they probably will just give you the downloads um, side of it. And um, residential connections uh, are very often asymmetrical, where the upload so side is much slower. Then you can sort of, you know, you can try to walk and end user through running some commands, say a ping command to see if they can get out to the internet and look at the latency. But again, it's really frustrating. You're kind of dictating what they should type and asking them to uh, read the output of you know a bunch of text that is just meaningless jargon to them. So again, very, very frustrating and for both ends. For our end on the, the network engineer side, you know, we just need more data. And and uh, we want to be able to get it without being disruptive. Um, so you know, another solution for home Wi-Fi is to not use Wi-Fi. I'm not using Wi-Fi right now on this webinar. It's too important. And the reason is, you know, Wi-Fi uses unlicensed spectrum. Doesn't matter what generation of AP I have. I could have 11AX APs. I could have uh, 11B APs. They all use spectrum that is subject to interference from other users. So don't use it, use ethernet, use, um, uh, you know, run twisted pair ethernet up to your desk. Okay, well, unless you're building a new house, a lot of people are, are, are not interested in running cable. So there are two solutions using existing cabling in the home that I've had a pretty good experience with. The more popular one is power line ethernet. And so what that does is actually uses the electrical lines in the home uh, to um, create an ethernet network with. And, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit iffy. I would say keep your receipts if you, if you buy some of the stuff because it, its performance is very dependent on, um, you know, the, the quality of the, uh, of the, uh, the electrical infrastructure in the home. Uh, if it goes across a circuit breaker, sometimes that can be a problem. You know, electrical electrical cabling isn't done for, uh, you know, to meet Ethernet specs. So, but you can still get two to 300 megabits per second in the best case with that. And I've had good luck with it too. The other option for um, using existing cabling is a technology called Mocha, uh, Mocha 2.0. And now 2.5 is the latest revision. This actually uses coaxial cables in the home that were uh, installed for cable TV or satellite TV. Um, if you've got RG6 in your house, this will work really well. That's what I'm using actually right now uh, for this webinar. I've got a, 
uh, Mocha 2.0 adapter in my office. The other adapter is down in the rack in my basement, and I easily uh, can get um, a gigabit per second through that, and it's very, very reliable. So um, something to consider um, if you're doing a lot of really important work and uh, you, know, you, you, you can consider alternatives to Wi-Fi. So, um, you know, still most of your workforce, of course, will be using Wi-Fi, um, and I use Wi-Fi too. I, on a nice day, I'd love to be able to work on the, the back porch and, you know, get some sunshine. So, um, uh, what we can do with Mobileye is help solve that visibility um, side of the problem. So, with that Mobileye agent that can run on your, end, your, your enterprise endpoints, you can see um, all the Wi-Fi metrics streaming from that machine and, and, and run tests that tell you throughput um, and, and really give you actionable insights into problems on work from home networks. So uh, with that, I wanna dive into a demo. Let me switch my screen. There we go. All right, right side of tabs, I got it. So um, this is Mobileye, and this is one of our own uh, work from home users here at 7Signal. Uh, he's running this um, agent on his Windows laptop. It runs in the background, and it uploads data here um, to the web where we can look at it and do analysis on it. And the first thing I wanna look at, just looking at the single machine is, you know, the network for this period of time is hashtag Momo go boom. So no, that is not one of our corporate SSIDs. He must be working from home. Um, and I and he's a big cat guy. So I believe if you search Instagram, you'll find all sorts of cat photos from him there. Um, and he just wants to be loud and proud about it with his SSID, so, so good for him. Um, but uh, you can see there's a number of problems we've discovered here. Maybe one of the most interesting ones to see is that We've actually seen some roaming issues here. If I dive in and look at some of these issues, uh, you know, we've got a roaming issue here. We've automatically discovered it. Uh, and what we saw was his signal strength on his connected AP was terrible, minus 84 dBm. But he had another AP at minus 68 dBm. So roaming, you know, it's not something we often think about for work from home users, but mesh networks are very, very popular today. And for that to work in a multi-AP environment, you need a device that roams well. So here we have some roaming issues. You know, what often uh, can, can be a, a issue there is the adapter and driver. So Mobileye shows us the wireless, the, the specific wireless adapter running on the machine and the driver version. So I can go in and uh, look at the release notes for that, look at release notes and newer driver versions and see if there's a fix that might uh, might help us out. Of course, like we talked about, the more common thing is coverage issues. Very easy to see a signal strength over time and see where he had low, uh, uh, you know, low signal strength, which could be, you know, coverage issues. We also generate uh, problems for those as well. And, um, you know, the nice thing is, this is the real data streaming from this machine. So I can go back in time and say, you know, when he when he had an issue, when his Zoom call broke up, or you know, he he 
logged a support ticket three days ago that finally got escalated to the network team to look at, I've got the data from that specific point in time that I can jump into and see what was going on. So another thing to look at, you know, we've just looked at passive data so far, um, is uh, co-channel interference. So I can see all the scan results, which is really great. All the network's uh, Wi-Fi scan results from his machine over time. So I can see if he's using channels uh, at certain points in time that his neighbors are using and if they're overlapping. And if he's in the five gigahertz band, which we'd usually prefer, or if he's in the 2.4 gigahertz band, which can often be kind of an ugly mess in residential situations. But his networks are all good. He's, you know, he's been able to avoid uh, his neighboring networks pretty well. And then the other thing to look at are congestion issues. So I can look at the raw throughput numbers to see what his throughput is. I can also see channel utilization from the APs he's connected to, which is really cool because uh, we can grab that right out of the beacon frame and that'll tell us, you know, do we have an issue with the internet connection, right? If we have nice clean Wi-Fi data, but our throughput's low, um, we've probably got an issue with the um, internet connection. Or if we have, you know, poor throughput and channel utilization is high, maybe we're in 2.4 gigahertz, uh, you know, that's probably a Wi-Fi issue. And again, that's a, a problem type that we automatically identify. Like you see here, we've got throughput, terrible throughput. If I had less than a meg of throughput right now, this webinar would be off the, off the rails. But you can see signal strength is great. Data rate is as high as it'll go for this machine uh, on an 11AC network. And the channel utilization is just 1%. So very, very nice Wi-Fi uh, um, uh, Wi-Fi uh, uh, statistics at the time, and just low throughput, probably from that you know residential internet internet connection that's causing issues. So um, the other thing we can do in our active tests is point these tests at custom endpoints. So mentioned Skype for Business at the beginning. Just wanted to show you real quick um, that. Here is a, a, a gateway for Skype for Business that we're just pinging and we can measure the round trip latency to make sure we're within that 100 millisecond round trip time that Skype for Business requires. Um, we can also you know, ping internal things. So if they're, uh, if they're connected to a VPN, which a lot of remote workers are, and we wanna make sure our applications uh, have the right, you know, are, are within our latency SLAs, uh, we can do that. So there's a lot here just from a single machine for troubleshooting we can do um, to get to the bottom of, of work from home performance issues. Uh, we can also run some reports like this one, which help us just proactively identify who's having issues. So here we're looking at the same Wi-Fi issues that we saw on the device page, but we've got them all grouped together um, by access point. And you can see I've got this sorted by coverage to see where are the most um, coverage issues. Uh, and it's this particular AP. So whoever's got that has had the most coverage issues. And if we drill into these, we can see, um, you know, who, what the client was, what the signal strength was, when it occurred um, to help us identify, 
uh, where you know this problem a little bit better. So yeah, here I can see it was Paul's MacBook Pro. Looks like a work from home network. These are usually easy for, to pick out, <laughs> and uh, and just low signal strength. So we can look at our other problems this way as well, um, including congestion, which is helpful for identifying users that might have um, you know poor internet circuits. One of the other features regarding internet circuits that we have now is we'll show you the external IP address of uh, the public IP address that the user is is behind. And uh, and that's useful because you can jump right into a, a who is lookup with Aaron and see who their service provider is. In this case, it's, it's AT&T. So you can, um, you know, Give your, you can even tell the end user, your Wi-Fi looks fine, their internet's really slow, you need to call AT&T and, uh, and either get an upgrade or, or see what they can do to help you out. A um, Couple other things I wanna mention, uh, we looked at this. Here's our configuration, it's very flexible. What's nice is that I can alter all our thresholds here to tailor them to the requirements that you have in your enterprise. So whatever signal strength requirement you have, whatever throughput requirement you have, based on the applications you support, um, your ping round trip time, you know, I might bump this down if I, if I was supporting uh, voice applications. Um, and, and all these tests I can alter as well um, to add custom endpoints and only run on certain SSIDs. Very, very flexible. All right. So, uh, with that, let me jump back into the slides. And okay, just a couple um, kind of wrap up points. You know, Mobileye gives you visibility um, into work from home networks. We show you the problems, we show you the overall performance. You can see if there are client induced problems like that adapter driver. Um, you can get a good feel for the Wi-Fi performance and the internet circuit performance as well. Um, and you can even tailor it to measure and test, you know, your own enterprise applications that are so key. And again, work from home, remote work is here to stay. We've seen a lot of announcements from big companies that just have said, we're gonna do this from here on out. Our employees like it, productivity is good. Um, so this is the, you know, the status quo uh, going forward. And, you know, again, your end users aren't, they're not IT folks, most of them, and uh, they need help and uh, and you need data to be able to help them. Um, so that's where Mobileye comes in. All right, Kelsey, I think with that, we can go into the Q&A. All right. Thank you, Jim. I see a few of you have dropped in a couple of questions here. We'll get to those in just a second. For anyone else that has anything they'd like to ask Jim, just go ahead and drop it in the questions panel. Um, before we jump into that, Mike said that you should get bigger earphones. <laughs> well, I, actually, these are perfectly sized to my ears. <laughs> Got the full setup over there. Yes. <laughs> All right, awesome. All right, thank you, Mike, for that. Let's jump into a couple of questions here. We have a question from Peter. 
and he would like to know if Mobileye currently gives you visibility for work from home people using ethernet cable, power line, or mocha. Yeah, it's currently just for Wi-Fi. So when, when Wi-Fi is the primary connection, that's when you'll uh, get measurements in Mobileye. Perfect. All right, thank you, Peter. We have a question from Alan, and he wants to know, does the app identify devices connected to the home Wi-Fi? Um, no, it really just focuses on in on the um, uh, performance from the device it's running on. Uh, but, but so the performance between that device and the access point and then out to the internet from there. Um, one of the things we do do though is, is grab the uh, station count, the client count from the access point. So you don't know who the other users are on the AP, but you know, hey, there's 25 users on this AP while I'm using it. And that might be the source of an issue too. So that's that's a really nice feature we've got. All right, thank you very much. Our next question here is from Jared and he would like to know, is a client installed on a user's computer to monitor wireless? How does it monitor their wireless? Yes, ex that's exactly what Mobileye does. It's a, it's a client that runs in the background uh, on, on your uh, enterprise endpoints and it just collects all the wireless data it can from that machine. So it's grabbing the signal strength, the connected AP, the Wi-Fi scan results. It runs a ping and throughput tests and a lot more. And then it silently uploads that in the background uh, where you can use it to, to analyze their performance. All right, thank you very much, Jared. Um, our next question here is from Dan and he would like to know, does the app show QoS classing made from applications? It does not. We don't. Uh, we're not doing uh, QoS visibility, um, but that is a uh, something I have a particular interest in. in interest in. So uh, we'll see about that. All right. Let's see here. Thank you for that, Dan. We keep dropping questions in here. Um, all right. Here we have a question from Jan. They would like to know, what do you tell the user when it's a Wi-Fi issue due to a very dense residential environment? When 2.4 is crowded on three and four channel plans and five gigahertz is all on overlapping 80 megahertz. Yeah, good question, Jan. And I have certainly lived um, in some um, apartment buildings where that was the case. Well, so the first thing to do is if you can, um, disable 2.4 gigahertz and don't use it just doesn't work in uh, high density networks. Um, and then um, when you're going to five gigahertz and you see it's crowded, everybody's got 80 megahertz channels, um, make sure that what you're um, putting that APs channel, uh, that radio on a channel where you're overlapping the primary 20 megahertz of the channel you're using with the other primaries of the APs out there. So, you know, in this in this case, co-channel interference is unavoidable. So look for the channels with the fewest neighboring APs on them and make sure your primary channel overlaps with their primary channels and then your secondaries um, will obviously overlap too. 
The reason you don't want to overlap primary and secondary, and this is something uh, Devin Aiken um, has talked about a lot, uh, and he did in one of our webinars previously, so look that up, is the um, co uh, clear channel assessment is, is really poor in the secondary channel. So if you have a neighbor on there uh, with primary secondary uh, channel overlapping, if you have a neighbor that's transmitting, they will just blast away and, and cause a lot of collisions on your primary channel. Um, so make sure those primaries overlap. And look up that webinar from Devin, it was really good. All right, thank you. We have um, another question from Germond. If someone has a small Wi-Fi support consultant firm and supports other by demand, could he get Mobileye installed on their devices and do the testing for a period of time and then remove it? Is it easy to configure the test platform for short-term short testing? Yeah, great question, Germond, and thanks for joining us. Um, um, yes, um, so we do support uh, uh, an MSP uh, sort of topology um, where you have sort of a parent organization that is that has control over sub organizations which could be all your customers and we also have a, uh, a feature that allows um, the software to uninstall at a preset time so if they're not machines you own you know if they're BYOD machines or it's a temporary engagement with a customer you can you know run Mobileye and set it to uninstall itself after three weeks or something like that. So you can reuse those licenses elsewhere and then you know have your your hands clean from from uh, working with that customer. So we do support that use case. All right, and let's see here. We have a question from Alan, and he would like to know if the data is saved on the user's laptop or server. The data is not saved on um, on the on the endpoints. Uh, it's saved in our cloud. Um, the one sort of temporary exception is if their internet connectivity is interrupted. In that case, we'll cache um, all that data locally until we have connectivity again, and then upload it and and purge it from the local machine. All right. Thank you very much, Alan. And I believe that was. The last question that we have time for today. Thank you, Jim, for answering those. Um, thank you all for joining us today um, and taking some time out of your afternoon to um, really dive into this topic.